Mitch, take down the feed. We can't air this until we know what's going on. Whoa, belay that. Paige, whatever it is they're doing, it has administrative approval. That's impossible. The administration can't be called to session without the commissioner's approval. Check the bylaws, buckaroo. They can call any session they deem vital to the operation of the League. This scry has a stamp of approval from obsessive Inculum, Johann Goethe, Grimalkin King, Gilden Neverborn, the Watching Wood, the Voice Unseen, Speaker for the Broken Court, and- Do you have to say the whole title? Ah, don't interrupt me! Does anybody have any thought? Sarge, get to your point. Paige, buddy, this is signed by intention. Not Doug, intention. They know what they're doing. I don't think it's a good idea to cut the feed. Very well. This is a delayed scry. Dematra, find out how long they've been going. They didn't have a commission approved off World Quest, so they didn't use their LUQ clearance. When you have that, cross-reference it with administrative codes. I have a hunch. And somebody get me a planar projector. Solestine, not Petrovian. Well, I guess Hardcore Puppy Hour is cancelled. To say the least, you may also want to get your Kaggle Stones. You'll be missing your evening pump, my friend. Don't have to tell me twice. Good thing I brought my immovable rod. For pull-ups? For curls. Good lords. As you pass through the skin of the portal, your ship falls out of the air. Wusha! Hang on! Why is this happening? I immediately blame Wusha, and I apologize for that. <laughs> <laughs> What's the ship word for up? <laughs> Wusha is going to pull up on the wheel as hard as he can, planting his feet on the ground, trying to anchor himself and angle any controls in the ship up to the best of his ability. You notice a few things before you hit the ground. One, you feel like your life lacks depth. That's fair. Two, so does the ship. And three, so does the ground you're hurtling towards. The impact leaves a gigantic kaboom in your vision. Not dust, not the settling flames, but literally the word kaboom. (laughs) Okay. As the dust clears, you all see Wuxia with a massive lump on his head. Giant and a vague green and purple color. (laughs) There are little seagulls flying around it? There are. (laughs) I also would have accepted starfish. (laughs) You also realize that there is something a little bit more dynamic about his aesthetic. Uh, His colors seem brighter. His outline seems to exist rather than being simply created by the effect of light on his physical form. And while he does seem photorealistic, he looks like he's drawn. Usha pulling himself up from the hard landing that he took says, now I suffered a lot of insults here, but being lured in with boat and then thrown into book world is one of the rudest things that's ever happened to me. I don't think this is book world. I'm going to look at the rest of us. You take each other in and you see a much similar effect to Wuxia. All of you seem to lack a meaningful sense of three-dimensionality. 
There is shading, of course, but none of it seems to go anywhere. You are all hand-drawn, illustrated, in a photorealistic style with exaggerated features, slightly larger eyes, slightly larger heads, bigger hands, thinner bodies. No, this is definitely different than that dream I sent you through. This is strange. The fact that our ship is in one piece shows that wherever we are, physics is not normal. And, Wusha, I didn't know you could summon birds. I'm learning new things about myself every day, too. You see one of the seagulls land on top of his head and reach deep into the lump that's there and pluck out a crab, which causes the lump to deflate and then suck back in. Oh, I've had crabs before, but never that bad. <laughs> I got head crabs. <laughs> I was going to do a medicine check to just. (laughs) (laughs) The seagulls all dissipate, as does the remainder of the dust. All around you, you see hills rolling in green with little tufts of grass here and there to signify that the green you're seeing is, in fact, grass and not just mounds of green. (laughs) You also see trees that seem to be swaying in the breeze. And while they do seem to be doing so with a little bit of a buoyancy, The looks on their faces, which you realize are present, are somewhat sad. Wuxia is getting very concerned, so he's going to start looking at the wood of other people's equipment, including the haft of his spears to see if they're alive. (laughs) The first thing that you notice is that your equipment that has magic seems to radiate with it. They all seem to have some kind of glowing effect or some kind of unusual like wispiness around them or a cloud or something like that. I was starting to kind of figure out what kind of silliness is happening here. Summons Opus to his hand and notices Opus's eye is much shinier and cuter than usual. It's <laughs> wagging bookmark tongue is flapping about. And as it begins to lift its covers up and down, it is now floating at his side, flapping its little <laughs> book wings. Well, he couldn't do that before. Knowing that we're being broadcast, I'm going to... Strike a pose. <laughs> See if that does anything. You try out a few different poses. Yeah. A big smile and a big glint appears in your mouth. And you can even see it out of the corner of your eye. You know, when you try to like, I don't know, wind up a punch, your arm turns into a weird spinny circle. When I try and use my move, dash, and cunning action to dash and run a circle around Wusha, mm-hmm. do my feet become a cloud? Uh, Actually, for you, it's very much a two wheels kind of thing. Uh, Mm. And more importantly, as you start to run in circles around him, it does create a dust cloud. Can I hear bongos? No. All right. Not for any particular reason. I mean, you could. With him running. Oh, I see. Yeah. All right. (laughs) It's more of a xylophony thing. (laughs) Exactly. There we go. Leaping around experimentally, every time Penelope bounds, her jumps make a spring noise. I could definitely see Penelope in like rubber hose animation style in my head. (laughs) Wusha is going to be immediately jealous of Iavos's new flying friend and is going to open up his bag and reach his arm as deep into it as he can go to try to find a seagull to float next to him. (laughs) You fish around and after a few moments you pull out, well, a bass, you pull out a swordfish, you pull out uh, what looks like some kind of a kestrel, which isn't quite a seagull. So you throw that aside too. Nope. Jellyfish, Mm. small shark. Nope. Tiny shape of a man. How do you get in there? Nope. (laughs) 
And finally pull out a seagull. Ah, there you are, friend. You stay right here. It immediately starts pecking inside of your ears, pulls out a crab, and flies away. Oh, I can hear so much better. <laughs> These medicinal gulls. Medicinal gulls. Thank you for giving me an aesthetic for all of my healing things. <laughs> I'll go over to the side of the ship and pull the lever that lowers the gangplank with it. <laughs> as soon as you do, you see another somewhat familiar cloud of smoke. Someone is running towards you. Eyes up, everyone. At Iavis's command, Gaspar's eyes are going to pop out long gate and then take the shape of a periscope. Eyes up. <laughs> oh! The being running towards you comes to a stop with a kind of a... The first thing you notice is his incredibly bright red union suit. And by that, I mean footy pajamas with a butt flap. Mm -hmm. His overalls seem to be hanging off almost completely enough that you can literally see the butt flap, which you're not sure how you can do given the fact that he's facing you, but you're not really questioning things right now. His large Jim Blossom nose is covered in dozens and dozens of not quite warts, but some kind of a bumpy aesthetic. He smiles at you and a single tooth kind of just gently jiggles and waves in the breeze as though at any moment it's just going to simply pop off. He tips his prospector's hat to you, pulling it down over his face, yanking it off with a pop sound and then puts it back on. And he says, well, hi there. I'm Helium Billium, but you can call me Hillbilly. Turn around. We're leaving. <laughs> now, I'm real sorry, folks. I hail from them hills and their hills. All the way over there and all the way over there. I'm a, what you could call a kind of a mayor of sorts, but that's mostly because Mayor Clown Bear from Snooze Face Junction ain't around no more. <laughs> There's a lot happening right now that I need to process. I know. You know, I think for once we're in a place where everything makes perfect sense to me. <laughs> well, hey there, hillbilly. My name is... Wish I was going to open up his mouth and just a wave sound is going to come out. Oh, it's so kind of like he opens his mouth and you hear a babbling brook. Cousins. Oh, okay. Okay. I met a fellow like that once. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I'm real sorry about there. Mayor Clown Bear will be around here, but, uh, you know, he's Mayor of Dreamville and old Dreamville just ain't what she used to be. Ain't what she used to be. Ain't what she used to be. Old Dreamville just ain't what she used to be many long years ago. Sorry. Got to shake that off. So this place is called Dreamville? No, that's Dreamville. He points over to a particularly large city with a massive wall that seems to stretch just a little bit too high. And just on the other side, you can see what looks like pink clouds in the shapes of animals, but all of them seem somewhat deflated and wrinkly. Uh, Mr. Billiam, we are... Hillbilly, please. Uh, Hillbilly, we are looking for a human like me and... Uh, a dwarf with very dark skin and a long beard. Are you insinuating that I am not a human? I wasn't sure. We're from another place. <laughs> well, that's okay. You're allowed to make mistakes here. In fact, you're supposed to. Can I stay here? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Can I interest any of you in some fine triple X? Yes, absolutely. I, I cover Penny's eyes. He reaches down into his pants and pulls out a large jug with three X's on the front of it. And what are we supposed to do with that? Well, you drank it. Yes. He passes it to you and the bottle sloshes heavily. It's all right. It's not pornography. It's just grain alcohol. <laughs> Wusha is going to pull himself upright. And as he does, he grows this fine twirled at the end mustache and a little monocle over one eye and 
take a big sommelier-esque sniff of this triple X distilled nightmare while swirling it around gently. You notice that his face goes from green on the top and it just slowly moves down over into his belly. <laughs> a fine vintage. <laughs> I'm going to waterfall that shit into my mouth. <laughs> Beautiful. The second it touches your tongue, you notice that in reverse, instead of green, red comes up from his belly to the top of his head. <laughs> Nelly begins to hyperventilate. <laughs> <laughs> As you do, your chest seems to expand outward and close nice and tight. Expand outward and get real, real tight. And that seems to only be making it worse. Um, can I roll to determine if this place is material or astral? Absolutely you can. Because uh, she has some concerns. That would be an arcana check. 17. Excellent. You have no idea what's going on around you. You have no idea why things are behaving the way they are. But there's a couple things you do know. One, you're here. It's solid. And you can feel the imprintation of people's will and their observation of you from afar, coming from your bracelet. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm not dead. I'm here. Nelly, you are real. This place is real. <laughs> she instinctively pulls a brown bag from nowhere and begins breathing <laughs> into it. And then once she realizes, that begins to distress her even more. <laughs> It's funny, despite the fact that you're familiar with the idea of being able to simply conjure things from your home plane, there's something about this place that feels distinctly and decidedly non-extraplanar. This is not, at least the way you feel about it, this is not a place of divinity. This doesn't give the same smack of a heaven or a hell. It's something else. There are no gods here. <laughs> well, golly, nobody ever said nothing like that to me, but... Now that I think about it. And he simply stares off in the distance for a moment. <laughs> uh, Mr. Hillbilly, I say, snapping my fingers. My name's Hillbilly. <laughs> Quite. Uh, have you seen a dark dwarf and a giant man boy? I don't know what a dark dwarf is, but if you're talking about President Goodboy, then absolutely I've seen him. Y'all know President Goodboy? Uh, what is his political status over Dream Bear? Oh, he's a president. You know, so it's like mayor and then president. Got it. <laughs> I absolutely couldn't be sure. <laughs> it seems like a lead, if anything, other than the fact that your dream town seems to be a bit uh, somber. Ain't what she used to be. Correct. Ain't As the what song indicates, don't. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> she got a wall around her now, never used to have nothing like that. Used to also have a train running right into it from Snoozeville's face junction. But now it's just, you know, a wall. And them doors that guard it ain't so pleasant. The doors themselves? Right. Who built this wall? I mean, I was President Good Boy. He builds whatever he wants. He was doing it to keep out the rascals from the edge of town. He points over to the horizon to the north, and you see a giant, gloomy, cloudy nightmare. It looks like a big city with huge, towering, spiky skyscrapers. And everything in it seems to just be dingy and dark. Wusha mm. is finally going to lower the jug he's been drinking out of this whole time. <laughs> Take a big, deep swallow. No, not Ibu Kate. Mm. <laughs> Give me a constitution saving throw. You fucking got it. 
want your head to turn into a giant work whistle. <laughs> I got an eight. Excellent. As soon as you say nutty bouquet, and you just start heaving things up, a boat anchor, a boot, fishing pole, fishing net, dozens of fish, a crab, a boat. A very confused mermaid. (laughs) And uh, finally, when your lungs come up, they immediately scurry back up down your throat. Compliments to the brewmaster. (laughs) No. Well, that'll be me. I make that bad boy in the toilet. Mm, You should add another toilet. Uh, now, I don't know why I think this is going to work. Yeah, I've been thinking about increasing production, but just frankly, I don't think I can handle the overhead. Huh? <laughs> you said another toilet. Oh, right. Right. Uh, maybe a third <laughs> toilet. Um, Oh, for the vomitus. There we go. <laughs> just catch remnants. Brew it again. Uh, I don't know why I think this would work, but if you try just running at the wall. Now, son. I know you're deep in the triple X right now, but well, let me level with you. That there's a wall. Oh, yeah. It ain't like the air. You can't go through it is my central point. So you're telling me that's a no. Well, now that I think about it, I ain't never tried. There we go. <laughs> Why don't you go ahead and give it a first? One? I will. Gasper, uh, you want a nip? I'll leave that to you. Yes. No, <laughs> I don't. All right. Ooh, Mr. Billy, uh, what? I don't know how many times I have to say my name is Hillbilly. You can call me Hillium or, or, or Billium, but if you add another Mister, I just don't know. I just don't know what I'll do. Well, Hillium Billium. <laughs> Other than uh, Dream Town, uh, what do we call this place? I don't rightly know. I mean, I guess, I guess it's just home. You got different neighborhoods, mind you. Everything's a little bit different around here. You got the Avant Gardens. You got the anime neighborhood. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> but other than that, just home. Well, we are here on a mission, and a mission we should accomplish. Uh, do you think our boat will be safe here? I don't really think anybody could just go ahead and pick up a boat. But I'll make sure nobody tries. Can can I try? Pick up the boat? Uh-huh. He ain't so smart, is he? Uh, he's he's in a creative space right now. <laughs> I just imagine like, oh, I could pick up a boat. <laughs> hey, what are you doing later? <laughs> well, sometimes it's just easier to hide things in plain sight. I'm going to take out a pair of scissors and see if I can... Cut the scenery next to the boat and then lay it over. You're just gonna fold the boat in half. Just fold the scenery over it. Yeah, like a blank, like, like a drape like, it over the top. Yeah. Uh, you cut around and then you pull it out, and it definitely works. And behind the scenery, you see a giant glowing eye pressing through, and you hear some kind of horrible, unearthly sounds from behind. <laughs> Put it back, put it back, put it back. <laughs> You're going to slowly put it back. <laughs> i never seen that before. Well, it's best not to peel at this facade. I like this place less. <laughs> <laughs> well, if President Goodboy put up them walls and closed off Dream, Dream, Dreamatorium. Dreamville. Dreamville, thank you. To the rest of the world, shouldn't we... 
go try to talk him out of it? Nellie, staring off with a haunted look into space. Suddenly, your perspective seems to zoom in on her in an uncomfortably close close-up, highlighting her bloodshot eyes, eye crusties, and all sorts of other unsightly details. Yes. Let's get out of this nightmare. And into the dream! I get it! <laughs> I'll keep a firm eye on your boat. His eye just starts to harden and crack as he juts it out towards the boat. <laughs> Let us proceed with a caution we have never practiced before. You're right. Task at hand. We've had enough wiggling. Let us be off to Dreamtown. Dreamville! Dreamville. You approach the wall that separates the rest of this place from Dreamville. There is only one entrance, a set of double doors, each with a knocker. These knockers vaguely resemble like a brassy face, but comically cartoonish. Wusha is going to grab one of the rings on the knockers, draw it way back with a brawny arm, go to... Sir, before you do that, I should probably warn you. About? <clears throat> its eyes open ah. and they point specifically at a sign directly next to the door. Wusha turns and looks at the sign very slowly, holding the knocker in place. On that sign, you see instructions. Two knockers. One will open on to your death. The other to safety. One always tells the truth. One always lies. You may ask one question to find the safe knocker. Wait, do we each get the question? Immediately you see uh, the bottom flap, which seems to be blank on this sign, flap open, and it says, no, choose a door. Wusha is very carefully going to put his other hand under where the knocker would fall and lower <laughs> it onto his hand as not to make a knock. I think I just used our question. Listen, this isn't like a normal dungeon. This isn't the kind of thing where we have to approach... Mysteries and puzzles like we would with the normal mechanics we're used to. This place is different, and maybe it's the time I've been spending in dreams that's helping me. I have an idea. I'm going to take the quill staff of the Illuminator and move a few paces to the right of the giant door. I'm going to draw on a door, and above it I'm going to write normal door. <laughs> <laughs> That is amazing. What are you doing? Yeah, what you doing? Testing a theory. Hey, don't do that, though. That's, I want to right. grab where the doorknob is and kind of comically pull it out like <laughs> a boil. <laughs> I don't like this. I feel like this is violating the whole principle of the thing. You throw us up against the cliche, I'm going to get weird, baby. <laughs> this whole place is violating of principles. <laughs> Can I move my hand? Oh, I don't know. I'm going through the normal door. I'm going to see if the doorknob works when I try to pull it out. Absolutely. You turn the knob, and I'd like you to go ahead and roll me an Arcana check. Okay. I like that. I'm into that. Why do I always roll ones on my skill checks? I have a fucking plus 12. I can't handle it. Every time I roll shit. You turn the knob, and you pull on it, and there's kind of a wet sound as it 
tears, 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 pops open. And inside you see another gigantic eye. (laughs) Put it back, put it back. (laughs) (sighs) Yes, of course, I knew that wouldn't work. Right? There's absolutely no way you can do something stupid as that. I think both doors are telling the truth. Uh, well, we're out of questions, and I'm out of ideas. Uh, Gasper, how many questions do you think the doors get to ask us? Do we have rules? That's true. I think they're over their limit. I think they owe us more questions. I'm going to excitedly just point at Nelly and look at the door. I mean, it would be only fair. It looks you in the eyes, blinks, and then its eyes point back towards the side. <laughs> Don't, don't make me look at the sign. Don't make me tap the sign. <laughs> I'm going to walk over to the sign, and where it says, you may ask one question, I'm going to scratch out the one and add an S to the end of question. Fair enough. You hear two very audible sighs. <laughs> I mean, that's what the sign says. We're just following the rules. Y'all are just the worst. I've seen Gaspar do that to coupons. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's the lying door. I'm going to point at the one that called us the worst. <laughs> well, if we know what the lying door is, is that the safe door? We don't even know if the lying door would kill us. That's true. All we know is one lies and one tells the truth, but that doesn't tell us which one is safe. Perhaps we have to ask what the knocker's opinion is of the other. So I ask both knockers, what would the other say is the safe knocker? The one on the left says, oh, he's going to say it's me. And the other one says, oh, yes, he'd say it's him. Oh, well, it's very simple then. The one that Wuxia is engaging with is the safe door. Because one is confessing that the other would lie. And the other one is knowing the other one telling the truth. His answer was dishonest. Seems logical to me. Not to mention Wuxia's been waiting to knock this door for about five minutes now. <laughs> I always trust my own instincts. Here goes nothing. Wuxia is going to, with his hand still under the knocker, flick the knocker back out and move his hand down. As it comes in contact, the door just creaks and then opens. And on the other side is a small, Five foot by five foot room. It's impossible to see inside. It's almost like pitch black. Not hesitating a moment, Wuxia, confident in his answer, just strides in. I mean, this is D&D, so only one of us can enter it at a time. <laughs> you can all occupy the same space. <laughs> what do you see? Is it certain death? Am I alive? You are alive. No! Okay. Uncertain death. <sighs> Shit. It's very dark. <laughs> I will follow Busha. I'm going to hold Penelope's hand. Excellent. I shall enter as well. As soon as you enter, the door slams shut and a light comes on. But it's not really a very good light. The first thing you notice is that the light is more of a loose electrical wire that's just kind of fizzing and popping loudly. You also notice that there is a gas pipe that seems to be running along and it is whistling as loud as possible. There's another leaky water pipe that just seems to be making a drip, 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 drip. On the other side... There is a door, and over the the constant screaming of noise, the doorknob, which looks very similar to the other ones, brass-faced, says, 
Once I am spoken, I am broken. Oh, I love riddles. This makes more sense than the other one. This is a very advanced torture room. <laughs> Wuxia, terrified to speak and knowing what gas and spark do together, walks over and just puts his mouth over the gas to try to contain it. <laughs> your mouth starts to slowly fill up and then your belly starts to slowly <laughs> fill up. I'm going to have to release it eventually and nobody's going to like that. Papa, do you want to say it together on three? Uh, sure. Quite the opposite of the room we're in right now. Three, two, one. Silence. silence. What? Silence. What? I'll write the word silence on the wall with my giant pen. I, uh, I, I don't know if that's the right answer. I think we actually have to silence the room. I see. I, uh, I can't. I, I can't read. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What? One minute. What? You know what? This is Cartoon World. Uh, I'm going to take my glasses off and put them on the door knocker so he's smarter now. <laughs> Try now. Sound out the letters. Sil. Inca. Sil. Inca. Almost there. Ceilings? Sigh. That's not even close. <laughs> Wrong answer. <laughs> give, give me back my glasses, you knocker. <laughs> what? Three hours later, we've taught him to read. Does this thing have ears? Kind of like more the place where an ear starts. Okay. I worry we have to like give this guy some ears so he can hear us. So we need to silence the room, perhaps. I'm going to knowingly that it's going to shock me. I'm going to lick my fingers and cast mending on the wire, giving it a little twist. Shows my skeleton for a moment. <laughs> and then I exhale some smoke. <laughs> but hopefully I've repaired the wire. Perfect. Yes, it immediately repairs. Uh, now the only things left are the gas pipe, which actually is not currently making any noise, and the water pipe. I'm going to grab the water pipe with both hands, and then I'm going to pull them together and try and tie it like a knot. <laughs> okay, cool. See, Give just, me a straight check. Like, Give me an athletics check on that. That's a natural one, baby. <laughs> As you begin to try and bend the pipe, uh, it seems almost like you are bending and then suddenly your arms are tied up in the knots. <laughs> <laughs> Would somebody untie me? Please. I'll just grab your hand and spin you in a circle. <laughs> and when you're done spinning, your hands are unfurled and also a foot longer. <laughs> Nellie is going to reach into her things, pull out a comically large ribbon and tie a nice bow over the spot where this pipe is broken. Fair enough. And suddenly the room is quiet. Oh, that's that's a lot better. <laughs> uh. Silence was our answer. Huh? Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The door opens. Uh, I'm going to gesture for Gaspar to help me pull Wuxiao off of this pipe that his mouth is around <laughs> with a loud. <laughs> now that he's inflated like a balloon. As soon as he does, he begins farting around the room from his mouth, spinning and spinning and spinning, <laughs> getting higher and higher pitched until he eventually stops and falls to the ground. Flattened. <laughs> well, then carefully fold Wuxiao like a respectful flag. <laughs> The next room is much the same, black until you enter. But as soon as you do, you see a knocker much like the others. But he has four gems around him, 
all of them green, but slightly different in color. As soon as you enter, he says, Green is go, green is exit. Green is closed, so how to fix it? Four green gems in my green door. Press them right, find what's in store. So, press them right is a strange wording. It might be a clue. Wuxia is going to move a limp, deflated thumb up to his mouth and blow in it, inflating his body again to his normal size. Perfect. Which one of us knows about rocks? It ain't me. I know a little. Mm -hmm. Do a nature check? Please do. Yeah, see if I can ascertain. I'm not going to roll that one again. (laughs) <laughs> you fucked me twice today, you little bastard. <laughs> a 24. You recognize these after a little bit of looking, because you can't just look at a rock and know immediately what it is. Sure. But a little bit of examination, you realize that you were looking at a peridot, an emerald, a nephrite, and an olivenite. Wish I was going to walk up and not touching him, never touching them again. <laughs> Wish I was going to look to see if it looks like they can be like pulled out and resocketed or like slide around or we just touch them. Just looking at them, you can see that there's a bit of a recess. Okay. Let's see. Uh, They're embedded, so it's difficult to tell, but I'm fairly certain that this is a peridot. This one appears to be an emerald. And if I'm not mistaken, this is an olivianite and a nephrite. Rare gemstones indeed. Oh, I think I get it. Each of those stone names starts with a different letter. I I think P, E, O, and N. If we rearrange them, we can spell open. Oh, I was going to ask which one of you Penno is. (laughs) The riddle itself is a red herring. No, that's a green rock. As you press O-P-E-N, the gems light up and the door opens. Well done, Penelope. Thanks, Papa. It uh, helps that you made me solve so many riddles growing up. As you enter, the door behind you closes, and you realize you are standing in what looks an awful lot like an ossuary. The walls, the floor, everything is made of bone. The door, even, is made of bone. The knocker itself is a skull. And its jawbone is the knocker mechanism. There is literally no other piece of information in this room. (laughs) Well, uh, Gasper, it seems like the bone zone is your job. (laughs) Uh, Hello, door knocker. The other one spoke to us. Do you speak as well? It doesn't respond. Was that our one question? (laughs) May I investigate the bone zone? Absolutely. The walls? They're bones. Would you like to go ahead and roll me a yeah. uh, nature what, check? What's in the bones? Totally. Hit me. 17. You think they're human bones predominantly. But other than that, they're just arranged. They're just bones. What happens if we just um, ring the knocker? That was my next question. Nothing warning us against it. Except, you know, the skull. <laughs> well, I mean, the whole room's bones. <laughs> Skull's not necessarily more ominous a bone than any other one. Fair enough. Tickle the chin and give it a little jaw wiggle. (laughs) You pull the chin to make the mouth close and then slap it back down and it makes a knocking sound and you hear, Who's there? We are. We are who? That's a deep question. 
a group trying to enter the city. People call us the Fallow Crown. Lame! It goes silent. I thought it was a good name. <laughs> Out of curiosity, if I hold the jawbone up and then ask the door, now can you speak? When you lift it up, it doesn't seem to respond. Oh. Try to help a little guy out. Wait, who's talking? <laughs> Silence. Knock, knock with the jawbone again. Who's there? The fallow crown. Fallow crown who? Is this? Oh, no. <laughs> okay. All right. Give me a sec. <laughs> 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 oh, hold on. Knock, knock. Who's there? Roar. Roar who? Oh my God, an owlbear. <laughs> Come on in. Bones jut out from the walls, isolating Iavos from the rest of you. And the door opens. I've been boned. <laughs> I don't understand that one. Uh, wait, you're stuck in a cage. I think you all need to tell one of these jokes in order to pass. Is that accurate? Would you not let my friends in? Silence. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My brother loved bad jokes. <laughs> Can I see what's on the other side? It's all black until you go in. This door is very similar to the others. There's a chamber of darkness. I'm afraid to enter before we solve this. I think you have to go through the door before another one can try. Let's give it a shot. I'll step in. He steps in, and the door closes. Huh, not what I was expecting. Then the silence settles in. <sighs> I hate this. <laughs> Penelope intones her joke as she knocks with the knocker. Knock, knock. Who's there? Boo. Boo who? Oh, don't cry. It's not that bad. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> she gets isolated from the rest of you. The door opens. I hate these jokes. <laughs> oh, well, this isn't so bad. Gaspar will reach for the knocker. Knock, knock. Who's there? Uh, oh, oh, there's werewolves there, too. That's <laughs> 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 fucking awful. This is his reaction. Okay. <laughs> <It's> fucking awful. <laughs> Come on in. You get isolated. Go through the door. I will walk through the door. Oh, quite pleasant. Wusha is many things. A teller of intentional jokes, not really one of them. <laughs> Most jokes he stumbles into, so he's going to walk up nervous and like visibly shaking. Uh, knock, knock. As he knocks the jawbone twice. Who's there? Dragon. Dragon who? Dragon me under. I'll take it. <laughs> You're isolated from the rest of the room as the door opens. And when you step in, you are awash in a sea of pink. What the hells am I watching? Did someone preempt the feed? 
When did the Fallow Crown get a Scrytoon deal? This ain't no Scrytoon. Believe me, I keep up on all Zenithal Animation Studios. I have never missed an episode of Avalon the First Windbreaker, Doragar the Explorer, or Brownie. This is something else. I have never heard of Beta D22. It would appear Dirk Bradley and Warren Rospero are being held captive in... Toontown. <laughs> wow, we start getting into it. Everyone is, except young Miss Isadora. You'd figure she'd be a little more exuberant about a world of cartoon. Some kids are readers, Paige. No matter how many dumbbell sets you give them. Besides, this ain't Penny Father we're talking about. This is Nelly the Bookworm Isadora. Jenkins, any word from the commissioner? We need an official statement. Not a peep. He's been on some off-world conference for the last few weeks. Well, with any luck, he won't fire us for broadcasting an unsanctioned quest. Especially a Fallow Crown quest. Look, our job is to report the news and the League. When the first admins drew up the rights for the Fifth Estate, they gave us some real investigative juice. Our powers are pretty broad when it comes to getting the word out. I suppose. But the Commissioner has the power to shut us down. I... I don't want to lose my job. Sayings like shutdown mean a lot more to us machine kind than to you organics. If your job is more important than the truth, then you don't deserve it. Oh, uh, of course. Uh, of course. Are you feeling alright? Max don't have gills to look green around, but your servos sound off. I'm alright. Just nervous. Let's get back to the scry. Oh look, more hijinks! We're about to witness a planar phenomenon, a keyhole between worlds that only marketing can penetrate. Join me as we glimpse into the adverse. Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The Shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. Behold the simple grape, packed with nutrients, loaded with vitamin C and K. Plenty of antioxidants, good for your heart, sweet and delicious, truly a symbol of life. But what happens when you take those precious orbs of vitality and drain them of their living essence, draw forth the nutrients, and leave behind a withered hard husk of what once was? You get a healthy undead snack. Raisins are delicious, sweet little fiber bombs that will last in your travel bag and keep your kids asking for more. Here at Fruit Blighters, we have all kinds of edible plant corpses robbed of all moisture, perfected with the art of necromancy magic. Dried mango, banana chips, dehydrated cherries, dead lifeless pieces of nature revitalized for your consumption. 
fruit blighters. We are raising the dead. Hey, all you cuties. I put down Tears of the Kingdom just long enough to record you this mid-roll. We hope you're ready for a really weird and really fun chapter of Battle Axes. I'm sure you can see where this is going, and I'm betting you're as excited as we were while recording it. This podcast is made possible by our fantastic Patreon supporters. Thank you one and all at all tiers. We simply wouldn't be able to make the show without your help, and we hope the rewards you get are worth it. We try to add more all the time. To find links to the Patreon and more things about the cast, the merch, and social media, visit theluq.com. Our current legendary mid-roll teams are the Titans Rise, the Twilight Concord, the Forgotten Legacy, and this week's featured team, the Ceaseless Horde, with Dave Mladenoff, Daniel Pickens-Jones, Patch Perryman, and Jeff Ammons. To get a personal message read on the show or for possible advertising opportunities, reach out to admin at slapdashstudios.com. I know for the past hundred episodes or so, we've been asking you to follow us on Twitch, and if you did, we thank you. But we just want to let our fans know that for the time being, we're going to be doing our streaming on YouTube. You can follow the Slapdash channel at theluq.com. We may return to Twitch or use it again as needed, but for now, we're learning the ins and outs of the new platform, and we like what we see so far. Tune in on Monday night for premieres of new episodes, which for a couple weeks won't have Dana as she's out of town, and of course, more of me and Zach's BST Link Nuzlocke on Wednesdays. Plus, more streaming throughout the week, like Zelda Randomizers with Zach and Infinite Fusion and Pixel Art streams with me. The mailing address is 2511 Southeast Pine Street, Portland, Oregon 97214 if there's anything you've been dying to get to the cast. No homemade food, pretty pretty please. And this week's commercial brand came from our very own Dana. Thanks for the joke, Dana. But that's plenty out of me. Let's get you back to the battle axis. Ah, oh, cool. Ford fighting. Can I try? Uh, sure. Why not? Grab the foil. Uh, what? The foil? The... The sword. Oh, oh God. Uh, excuse me? On guard! Ah! Oh, I wasn't ready! Perry! Remis! Repose! Uh, uh, what are you saying? Do you want to play cool sword fights with the rad guys but don't know what anything means? Yes, that is quite specifically my current situation. I need someone to teach me all of the violence language. Well, fear not. Now there's Duolingo. Short daily lessons to teach you all the fancy fighting terms people shout while swinging weapons. Flesh. Flesh. Beast. Beast. <laughs> we'll even teach you the names of obscure pole arms and two-handed swords. Penny. Launch. Good, good. You're getting better. Thanks. Nice fencing suit, by the way. You look as sharp as a flamberge. <laughs> Very good. Très bien. Dual lingo. Put your weapon where your mouth is. Everything in this room is decorated in pink, fluffy something. Usually it's a pillow with a frill. Or it's a couch, a fainting couch with a lovely uh, brocade styling to it. But basically, this five foot by five foot room is just a very tiny replica of a person's sitting room. There's a little bookshelf with books inside of it, and they're all pink. 
and everything's very lovely and pretty. The knocker on the door opposite you, however, looks a little different than the others. It isn't the same brassy aesthetic. Instead, it looks almost like a person, like a puppet. And it has long flowing tresses of what looks like almost powdered wig style hair. She's made up brightly with lots of red rouge and red lips and powdered face. And she looks up at all of your entrance and she seems practically giddy. Courtesy is a lost art. Find it. Courtesy is a lost art. Find it. We need paper. We need a pen. We need someone named Curtis to draw a boat. Uh, We'll call that Plan F. (laughs) Wish I looked proud of himself with a face that practically beams I participated. Courtesy is a lost art and we must find it. I don't think this is an actual scavenger hunt. I would like everybody to go ahead and give me a investigation check. 21. Not one, not two, but three. Ooh. 16. 12. Excellent. Gaspar, you were immediately drawn to the only thing that was interesting to you in this room in the first place. On the bookshelf is a book. The book is titled Archery bows and crossbows you open it up you flip it open and you see a picture of a bow and you see the word b-o-w underneath Mm -hmm. it you flip to the next page it's another bow and it's the word bow underneath it every single page is a different picture of a different kind of bow and all of them just say bow underneath it b-o-w i have a book just like this but i believe that we have to um pay respects and perhaps bow So, Gaspar heads over to the lady and will curtsy at her. She giggles. (laughs) How polite. I will gesture for Penelope and say, after you. (sighs) Nellie will similarly curtsy and say, if you please, we'd very much like to go through to the next room. No, no, thank you. Away with you. Rude. (sighs) Wusha is going to remember something he received earlier. And in a spinning whirlwind of motion, when he stops, he is going to be wearing the dress that Nelly gave him. (laughs) Holding in his hand a small ivory teacup. He's going to make a huge deal about flicking his pinky out with a little ding noise while taking a small sip. Tea before... Ew, what is wrong with you? I hate this. You're making it worse. I hate this too. (laughs) I thought I looked nice. You do, Wusha. This is just an awful place. (laughs) I'm just going to silently give her a very courteous bow. (sighs) Such a gentleman. Wusha, all you can find, and by all you can find, I mean the only thing you've paid any attention to, is a picture of the ocean and a lighthouse. Is the ocean pink? It is. Sweet. Everything is in shades of pink. (laughs) Meanwhile, Nellie, you see, after some additional tedious searching, a box with a ribbon wrapped around it. It is designed so that you can lift the top open and put something inside of it. (sighs) I don't get this one either. (laughs) (sighs) This place makes me so angry. 
Wuxia is going to relax his shoulders in front of the picture. What a lovely image. Never seen a sunset so fine. Wuxia is going to take the picture off the wall Mm -hmm. and is going to hand it to Nelly and say, maybe we should put it in the box? Couldn't hurt, I guess. Uh, I do so and then (laughs) shut it. As you do, she seems to have what little color there is drain out of her face. You're giving me something of my own? This is awful. You two are the worst. Why can't it be more like these two? Nelly, I need to admit something to you. I've never been a good house guest. (laughs) I've been told that you're supposed to break bread with your host and I'm going to reach into my bag arm deep again to see if I can find a crusty loaf. So, tea before greetings. Shameful. Shameful display. I'm not good at this. <laughs> <laughs> Nellie is going to remove the painting from the box and start rummaging around through her things, muttering to herself. Eventually, she pulls out one of the few things that she's brought with her on this quest, a dagger, places it in the box, wraps it up nicely, and then presents it with a bow. (gasps) Hello! Oh dear, that's marvelous! I've always wanted a dagger! Oh! I was going to turn to the door and say, Hello, ma'am. Hello to you. My name is... Again, he's going to open up his mouth and have ocean sounds come out. Oh, a wave. A wave. Hello. Marvelous. I love it. He's going to bend at the middle and bow and also put the teacup in the box. A teacup. I love it. Perfect. Absolutely perfect. But, um, what do you think? Hmm? 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 She looks around. I think your room is unique, eye-catching, and uh, lovely. Young man, I have never had anybody do such a marvelous turnaround so quickly. You came in a boorish nothing, a worthless pile of damp meat. But now you're a proper gentleman. I could not be happier. Tell me, where are you from? Uh... Somewhere deep, dark, and wet. Deep, dark, and wet? Eh, I'm always dark in here until people come in and light up my life. Tell me, tell me, have you been on many travels? Oh, I, 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 uh, I, I caught the ships on the wind back and forth over, uh, uh, so many seas. I love it. Oh, I wish I could go. Be away from this horrible place. Can I? My brothers are the worst. They're the worst. I could take you with me. Could you? Would you? In a box. Oh, I could not I could not possibly go with strangers, though. Of course we're not strangers. You know my name, you know where I'm from, I know your I don't know your name. What's your name, ma'am? I am Lady Dorabella Oakwood von Maplegate. Oh what a lovely name. I've never met anybody named after a sound before. Oh, ma'am, where I'm from, all names is sounds. Clever, brilliant, perfect. Please, please, sir, if you would, 
I would like to see the other side of my door. Of course. Is there a hinge on this side of the door? It's all inset. Okay. Okay. Wuxia is going to carefully walk over and put his hands on either side of where the knocker is set into the door. Mm-hmm. He's going to sink his fingers in as deep as he can. <laughs> and his oh, muscles are going to bulge out, veins popping and sweat leaking from them as his muscles grow muscles and his biceps grow bicep. Oh, yes, I think you've got it. It's about to come now. Oh, and I'm, I'm coming. I'm coming. And he's going to try to just tear oh, her from the door. <laughs> as you pull her free from the door, the hinge cracks and the door falls outward onto the ground on the other side. You are free of the wall. But before you is not the wonder and majesty of a place befitting the name Dreamville. Instead, it is a sorrowful place, and your heart breaks to look upon it. I am in love with that door knocker. The fussy one with the wig? If you're referring to Lady Dorabella Oakwood von Maplegate, then yes, she is marvelous. I simply failed to find the appeal. Look, Paige, if you can't see the humor in a haughty doorknob with a wig, you have no place in show business. I just don't find this whole thing as amusing as you do, I suppose. Yeah, I'm getting that. What is up with you, champ? I didn't even know you could get nervous. What's with all the stress rust? That's usually Warren's department. This isn't supposed to be aired. It hasn't been approved. I shouldn't be party to this. You were just missed to take charge about this whole thing. What changed? Nothing at all. I am resolved to uncover the truth behind this series of events. As long as it doesn't upset our superiors. I don't like this. First you catch a psychic peepee or cosmic mommy's infinite hot belly. Now you're acting like a... Like a... A what? Well, pardon my acritarian, but a bit of a weenie. Excuse me? Look, Paige, my guy, you may be a stuffy, big-headed, holier-than-thou bucket of bolts. Thank you. De nada. But you've never been a coward. I'm starting to think Lady Dorabella isn't the only knob around here. I don't like this side of you. I... I don't either. What a horrible place. We've made a new friend. No, we have not. <laughs> I, I'm just confused. I mean, wish us holding Dorabella. Mm-hmm. In fact, you are more specifically holding <gasps> Lady Dorabella Oakwood Von Maplegate. She is a magical door knocker. <laughs> As a part of a move action, Lady Dorabella can be attached to any non-magic shield, door, or flat surface that is facing vertically against gravity. If asked politely, attached to a shield or wall will grant plus one AC on top of its usual bonuses. Walls, flat surfaces, etc. requiring you to take cover behind them to gain the additional bonus. If placed rudely, it will reduce AC by one. (laughs) She has three charges. One charge per turn. As an action, one may politely ask Lady Dorabella to prevent anyone from passing her. DC 12 persuasion check. 
a 120-foot force field is generated along the plane in which she rests, requiring a DC 18 strength save to push through it. Failure deals 2d6 force damage. Success deals half damage and reduces the mover's speed to zero and places them on the other side of the wall. Basically, to sustain the effect, you have to maintain every action you take has to be used to keep it going, and it spends a charge for each one. You can also spend one charge to place her on any door before entering it, and then by asking her politely, DC 12 persuasion check, you can give her a password, a riddle or another opening condition. Once closed, the door will not open for anyone who has not satisfied the condition. Alternatively, the door can be opened with a Dispel Magic DC uh, 19 or an Athletics DC 28. There. And then the last one, uh, with one charge per eight hours, you can place Dorabella on any door. Must normally be openable, unlocked, and with a hinge or opening mechanism. And you can politely ask her for a place to stay for the evening. DC 12 persuasion check. She may refuse the request if she feels she has been mistreated or that you are shirking your responsibilities. If she assents, the next creature to open the door will find a pocket dimension containing a lavishly decorated bedroom in the French Rococo style. The room contains up to eight beds with a larder enough for one day of food and basic amenities. Upon exit, the creatures will return to the place they came from one hour after they left. Guys, this is the best magic item we've ever found. <laughs> it's, it's the worst magic item we've ever this found. This is incredible. I hate everything about this. No, it's great. I love it, I love it so much. Yeah. <laughs> You're just experiencing <laughs> trauma from having to deal with the room. Oh, yeah. No, I. it's very well written. It's very creative. I love that you did it. I'm impressed that you thought of that. I was like, what a shitty thing to say. I'm like, that's a good magic no, item. No. Yeah. I, I, I appreciate it from a magic item Thank standpoint. You. I just, the prospect of dealing with this NPC <laughs> for a single minute more than we already have fills me with dread. <laughs> I like, I, I, I thought to myself, what would really make a magic item really fucking awful? And that's the idea of having to pass a persuasion check every time mm-hmm. and phrase it correctly. This is the best non-aggressive cursed item I've ever put my fucking hands on. <laughs> and there's good news. I think the best persuasion in the party is probably Penelope. There you go. <sighs> There you go. She's going to put Nellie through the ringer oh, yes. of courtesy. And I, mm. <laughs> I'm picturing, because she's, she's like a little puppet, right? Yeah. I'm picturing Wuja just walking around with her tied in his beard. The, the funny thing about this one is I basically wrote down, the riddle isn't very good. <laughs> and Perfect. she's aware of that. Perfect. <laughs> Excellent. I'd love to hear you guys' favorite moments, starting with Law and going counterclockwise. Ooh, That's the right. We're Angela. Finally. Ooh, shit. Look, if you tell me, Law, that you're going to let me play D&D in a cartoon setting, <laughs> I'm going to have an entire lifetime of inspiration to draw from. I'm only sad that I'm playing a character that's difficult to manifest that with because he's not a fun-loving goofball. He's kind of a serious dusty bone, dusty but bones. But you did raise a daughter. So there is oh, a it's true. very no, no, real no. possibility. <laughs> The problem is they probably don't have cartoons in paradise because everything's just cool all the time anyway. But but children's books. Oh, totally, totally. I mean, part of Iavos's dream was a children's book, but it's not the rubber hose. Uh, Yeah, bendy universes make sense. Creative, fun, beautiful images. Totally fine. But like, (laughs) yeah, no, this is this is weird (laughs) bullshit. Like that's shit the law can go off on all day, but that's just tricky to make it cool for. I didn't realize you hated cartoons so much, Dana. I me neither. I I honestly I I just I miss the body horror. I <laughs> you're, you're the one who pulled the SpongeBob close up 
I loved that, by Move. the way. That was juicy. That's my favorite. No, 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 that's my favorite. Damn it. Damn it. And it's, and it's originally a Ren and Stimpy trope. Oh, yeah. Yeah. oh yeah. That's actually what I was thinking right. of when I did it. Which, right. which yeah. admittedly, I believe they shared most of their animators. Yeah. So, um, yeah, for sure, especially the first season. No, I actually, I love Puzzle Dungeons. Uh, just just playing Nelly in a way that I, I, I think is a little funny for her. Yeah. It's very teenager energy, this episode. Yes. Yeah, yeah. No, and uh, it, it's really fun. It's very different for her. Uh, this is the first time she's been angry. I, I think this place would break lesser pennies. That's fair. I, uh, uh, I think I think I think initial penny would have really loved this place. <laughs> just getting wild with it. Yeah, I don't. Fifty fifty chance. What's your favorite moment? I I mean I I just like all the different riddles and and puzzles and good, things. Good, thank you. They're not good. They're not good puzzles. Hun, they're bad puzzles. If they're overly bad though, they're they're podcast murder. I yes. I like the knock knock jokes. Um, everyone did very well. Well, uh, in. <laughs> Law and Angelo did did good. I I liked I liked I liked the dragon bit because that was something. Yeah, you know that was great. That was great. <laughs> of course, um, actually, I, I really liked Laws. No. I'm like I'm not going to be able to come up with anything like that. I shouldn't have had Law go first. That was a terrible idea. Well, <laughs> he's the one who thought of it. It's like, true. Roar like who? It just, uh, <laughs> so fucking good. Yeah. Thank you. I just imagined like like Wusha doing the the orange banana one for like an hour. I seriously thought about doing that, but I've already annoyed Zach enough this episode, and I didn't want him to throw his entire microphone at me. I appreciate it. I kind of we were I wasn't allowed, so I was fine. But I wanted to feed Max the uh, the interrupting seagull. <laughs> I'm glad that I made y'all think of your own because I'm Me like too. this could have just been like such a it would have felt cheaty that all yeah. of you were just like getting the getting the the down low riddle goofs. Yeah, behind the scenes, Zach forbid us from giving each other suggestions in that one. Since Zach fucking took my favorite one, I mean that could be your favorite one. That's good. I'm gonna I'm gonna stick with where I am. Don't you worry. I got a favorite one, and it begins with helium and ends with billion. <laughs> Oh, Lordy. That I, was a really bad accent. I'm usually really good at that hillbilly accent, but my voice is fucked right now. So Yeah, but now we're, we're, we're in a place with lesser voice actors. Yes. Buffer, <laughs> buff like, a shitty rubber house, like, fucking recycled animation made fucking cartoon. That, completely appropriate. Completely fucking appropriate. We'll have to interact with him on the way back anyway, so. <laughs> yes. We'll get Hillbill Volume 2. <laughs> I realized realized that I shouldn't have called him Helium Billiam. I should have called him Helium William because Billiam was the name of the uh, the duck 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 griffin. But that's okay. Billiam's a great name. Billiam's a great name. Also, I just when I, when I first wrote it, I was like Helium Billiam, but That's you can good. call me Helium Billiam. It's like, good. You're a it's piece good. of shit, Zach. I love it. I it, love it. It's funny because when when Wusha was about to say that he doesn't know the Dora's name, I was going to jokingly say, "I bet it's Dora," and then it was actually much a, a longer, more poetic, and awesome version of that. <laughs> Dora Oakwood von Maplegate. I like, like, like Maplegate a lot. <laughs> That's a nice woody finish. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. I like your mouth sounds. Oh. Every time we oh, the, peeled the open the scenery, yeah, fucking it was like scary. It was properly <laughs> like scary, cartoony. Like I, I uh, that's usually my spooky, my spooky voice. If I'm going to do a monster sound, that's my yeah. go-to. But this time, I just rolled my tongue in wild directions. I don't know if I can request an encore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. There it is. <laughs> That's, that's the it. worst thing I've ever. That's heard. like it. I love it. It's just a proper amount of cartooniness that was like. Oh, it's like borderlining on Tasmanian devil. <laughs> like just getting close. It's like Satan's espresso machine. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, I, it does make me feel like a frothy glob of hell. You're not wrong. <laughs> I'm also very glad I got to go into Cartoon World holding a giant pen. I'm going to have a lot of fun so with good. that. Okay, so actually my actual favorite moment was literally when you decided to use your quill pen to draw a fake door. I was like, oh, I want to give it to you, but I got to make you roll something because you can't just do yeah. that. No, that was that was amazing. I was uh, thinking about similar things, mm-hmm. and I just, that's perfect. I love the, doing that with the quill pen. My my. Other idea was less funny, but I was just going to turn the one into an 11. Mm. So we have 11 questions to ask. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. But specifically, I love the idea that that you basically set me up for the, okay, I'm going to tear away the scenery. Okay, horrible cosmic monsters. I'm just going to put that right back. And then you're like, <laughs> I'm going to draw a door. Open it up. Horrible cosmic monsters. <laughs> wow. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a yeah. theme here. <laughs> yeah. There are walls, you know. <laughs> there, there, there are boundaries. There are boundaries. Yeah. Well, thank you all so much. This has been absolutely beautiful. Um, you got two more episodes of this bullshit, so get ready for it. Um, I want to thank Hedegar the Editor. Again, these are these are shaping up to be longer episodes than I thought I was going to pat them out. I wasn't going to pat them out this much, but here we are. But uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this next one. I'm looking forward to using the maps that we've got. They're just so damn good. Uh, until that time, until that, until the time, to- until time, we wish you luck. Oh.